Thank you, church. Well, so good to be with you all. So many visitors and guests. We just want to uh, extend a huge warm welcome to you. Thank you for taking the time to uh, be with us today. We're so blessed that uh, you've chosen to come and worship with us and celebrate with us on this really cool day. So uh, my name is Evan. For all of you visitors and guests, I'm one of the pastors here and my absolute honor to be with you today. Well, it's been a really interesting time uh, over the last couple of months in our church, I feel like in our society as well, I've been catching up with a lot of people, having a lot of conversations um, with a lot of you guys. And um, if there's a, a general consensus or theme or kind of regularity in a lot of conversations that I'm having with people that not only in our church, but across the church, I think Big C, and across our society, for so many people, there is a real sense of weariness. Um, and I think the time of year can have something to do with that as it gets darker and summer holidays are all but a distant memory. Um, but also, I think for some, uh, maybe some residual weariness from the last couple of years. For some, life is just so helter, helter-skelter at the moment and sometimes just hard to stop and catch that breath and just, whew, okay, it's all, it's all good. And this is something, this kind of weariness and restlessness, if you're in that place today, and if you're not, it's okay. Um, I'm sure there would have been a time in your life where you have felt like that, and I'm sure there will be a time in your future where you may feel like that, so pray that you would lock it away in your heart and your soul, this message for later. Um, but this kind of restlessness, it's so universal to humanity. We look to find our rest in so many different things, and only you sitting there today can know what you look towards to find your rest. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2, we see probably the archetypal, as the teacher, we got it, as the teacher reflects on life without God and all the things that he tried to do to find his rest. He says, I deny myself nothing my heart desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took no delight, took delight in all my labor. And this was the reward for my soul. Yet, when I surveyed all that my hands had done and all what I had toiled to achieve, Everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind, and nothing was gained under the sun. Now, one of our church fathers and one of the greatest theologians that the world has seen, his name was Augustine, and he reflected on this pursuit that we have to find rest, this pursuit that we have to be at peace in our soul. And for him, he tried to find it in, his, in pleasure, in work, in education, in ambition, in speaking from his own life and giving us a glimpse into his own soul and what he was able to find after a lifetime of going after God and seeking this. He pens this in his confessions, the very first sentence. He says, because you have made us for yourselves, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee. And if there is one sentence that I would like for you all to take home today, it is this meditation and reflection from Augustine today. That as followers of Christ and as people, as humans, our hearts will be restless until they find their place in Christ. Until they find their place in the care, in the concern and in the hand of our God. And through the corridors of time today comes this timeless invitation. Jesus promises to give us rest from the aches that this world cannot heal, a world that promises so much but can deliver so little. Jesus is saying that he is the one who can provide what God has promised his people, and people can come to him and find peace and rest to receive only what God can give. 
you've got your Bibles today, text is going to be in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to 30. It says, at that time, Jesus says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and intelligent. You revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this uh, way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son determines to reveal to him. Amazing revelation. And because... I'm just going to talk loudly every time it drops out. Because of who Jesus is and what he can provide, he says this, Come to me, all who are weary and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. And I want to break this down into three parts today. And what we're going to see today that we can find rest for our souls, firstly, when we come to Christ, secondly, when we come under Christ, and thirdly, when we proceed through life with Christ. So let's pray. Father, we thank you today for some of the most beautiful words ever muttered by human lips. We pray that as we take some time to consider them, to reflect on them, Holy Spirit, that you would show us something fresh today. We thank you, God, that you are the restorer of our souls. And no matter what we walk through in this life, we know that we can find our rest in you. Father, we thank you for this incredible promise, for how sweet and beautiful, for how challenging and provocative that it is. And Father, we pray as a church that you would reveal your word to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Firstly, is the invitation to come to Christ. Come to me, all who are weary and a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. And this is the invitation from our God to every heart and every soul. There is no more glorious part of the public ministry of Jesus than the invitation to come to him. His arms are wide open. His eyes are up, continually searching after us and drawing us in to himself. If we are to understand anything about our God today is that he is an inviting savior. This is the Jesus that I want to present to you today. Come to Christ and Christ alone. Not to an institution, although we are so glad and blessed that you're in church today and it's good for your soul to be in church. Not to religion not to an idea, not to anything else other than the beautiful, wonderful person of Jesus Christ. No one has ever been more accessible than Jesus. No prerequisites, no hoops to jump through, no standards to meet. No matter who you are, no matter your background, no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, no matter what you believe about this world, about Jesus, about the church, about whatever, there is no prerequisite for you in this room today to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. From the very opening chapters and books of the Bible to the very end, we see it in Isaiah chapter 51, it says, Ho! Everyone say, Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Revelation chapter 22 says, The Spirit and the Bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. All who are weary, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord, everybody has the opportunity to come to the Lord Jesus 
The second thing that we can do after coming to Jesus is be under Jesus. It says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, the yoke, some of you with a farming background, um, that might be only if you <laughs> would know that, uh, a yoke was something that was put on the back of two oxen, typically. It would yoke them together and it would enable them to kind of pull together in a way that was good for the farm and you could kind of achieve a better outcome than kind of doing it yourself. Um, and the yoke uh, in the Bible has various connotations. Some of them are negative, but some of them are also really good. And so the yoke in the Old Testament was something like a responsibility that all good Jewish people had to do. The yoke of God, the wisdom of God was there to guide them, to uh, instruct them, to keep them safe, to keep them secure. But by the time Jesus gets here, the rules and the regulations and the religious leaders of the day had put so much extra stuff and so much arbitrary rules and responsibilities and obligation that that yoke had become really, really, really heavy. So because of that, there needed to be a new yoke. There needed to be something different to come about. Jesus is saying, he's comparing with all the roles and, and regulations and obligations that they had and saying that yoke was okay back then, but there's a new and better yoke for you. What I want to do is help frame what Jesus is talking about. And what I'm going to present to you today is not actually scripture. Um, it was taught as an authoritative teaching text back in that time. And whilst it's not in our Bible, what it, it does help us frame up what Jesus is actually talking about. Uh, it is in Sirach 51, verse 23 to 27. And Jesus would have been very familiar with this. And we can see a very familiar pattern as we look at this. It says, draw near to me, you are untaught and lodge in my school. Why do you who are lacking in these things, why are your souls very thirsty? Put your neck under the yoke and let your souls receive instruction. Uh, is to be found close by. See with your eyes that I have labored little and found for myself much rest. And so we see the words of Jesus almost echoing these words of this guy called Sirach. And what he's actually doing is comparing and contrasting his wisdom with the wisdom of the day. His wisdom with the wisdom of how the world operated. What he had to offer versus anything that they've ever experienced before. What the yoke is, is the taking on the instruction of Jesus Christ. This is a picture of what it looks like to follow him. Coming to Christ means coming under Christ. Submitting to him as Lord and teacher. You cannot have one without the other. To come to Jesus is to come under Jesus. To come to Christ and accept him as our Lord and Savior is to accept and agree to follow his definitive teaching. Why? Because this is the kind of teaching and instruction that gives us peace, that gives us protection, that allows us to navigate some of the challenges and difficulties in this life. The instruction yoke of Jesus Christ is not a burden. It's a delight. It's something that is there to guide you, to keep you safe, to keep your soul at rest. We were driving um, in the CBD a couple of months ago, and uh, we are at a family wedding, and... Um, what happened was we were going from the wedding to the reception, which was on the other side of the city. And uh, my wife was saying, hey, just so you know, do you want me to get the maps up? Because you know how confused you get in driving in the CBD. And driving in the city is a stressful enough time in any case. But I was so confident. I was like, no, yeah, I've got this. It's all good. It's uh, no worries at all. So what happened was we uh, loaded up my family in the car, so my toddler. We had my uh, grandparents, my Greek grandparents, who were very loud, very opinionated. I love them to death in the, um, in the car as well, and me. So it sounds like the start of a really bad joke. Uh, a pregnant woman, a toddler, and a couple of Greeks in a car. Um, 
But so anyway, the Google Maps was saying 15 minutes. So Rachel's like, I've got the maps. It says 15 minutes. And I go, put it away. I've got this. Anyway, an hour later, we got there. And uh, I was sitting there, I think 50 minutes, 50 minutes in, trying to uh, perform some hook turn down Elizabeth Street that just was becoming very unfruitful. And let me tell you, no one got to that reception rested. Uh, no one got to that place rested. There was a lot of frustration, mostly directed at me, and uh, rightly so. And uh, by the end of the hour in the car, we pretty much had enough of one another. But um, it was all good in the end. Jeremiah uh, 6 verse 16 says, this is what the Lord says. It says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for, the, ask for the ancient past. Ask for where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. So much of our restlessness comes from our own bad decision-making. Walking away, and, ah, as if I said that. Or, ah, why did I do that? Or why did I process it like that? Friends, the yoke of Jesus Christ is, is designed to prevent that from happening. It's designed to keep us moving forward and strong. Now, when I say bad decision-making, I don't mean having too much pizza late at night and you wake up in the middle of the night thirsty and regretful of everything. Uh, I mean when we say that our wisdom is better than God's wisdom. When we say, my way is better than your way. I know better for me than you know for myself. And this is exactly what Jesus is inviting us. He steps into this space and says, take my yoke, for it is a delight. I love this quote from Doug Webster. It says, For those who live under this yoke, there is absolutely no other way to live. Who in their right mind would go back to the gods of self, money, lust, and power? Who would return on bended knees to the shrines of pious performance and judgmentalism? Is not love better than hate? Purity better than lust? Reconciliation better than retaliation? And is not better, really easier, when measured in character rather than convenience? Rest for the soul rather than selfish pride. And if you're in this place today and maybe you don't know who Jesus is or maybe you're walking into church for the first time, um, there are so many people in this room today who could attest to the amazing goodness and graciousness of this yoke, what it is like to walk with Christ. And we could go row by row, seat by seat, and hear story after story after story about how God has been faithful as we've taken this onto ourselves and walk daily with him. I can tell you, I grew up not in church. I was 17 when I came to the Lord, and I can tell you from my own experience, and I can only speak from my own experience, that there is nothing like following Jesus. There is nothing out there that is better than taking on this beautiful, precious instruction and wisdom that God has revealed to us through his holy word. There is nothing more beautiful than this. Now... How do we know that his, his wisdom is designed to give us peace and rest? Because we find it here. He says of himself, I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You know, it's interesting. This is the only place in the Bible where Jesus talks about his own heart. Uh, and in the Old Testament in the Bible, we see in that culture that the heart was the core of their being, which is why Solomon says to them, guard your heart, for out of it flows uh, the springs of life. And we see in the core of who he is, in the depths of his soul, in the depths of his heart, that our God, Jesus Christ, is gentle and humble. Now, important to note, gentle and humble doesn't mean he's a pushover. 
Okay, gentle and humble does not mean he is a pushover. He is righteous and he is almighty and he is coming back one day to judge the quick and the dead and he is reigning on his throne and he should be worshipped and revered in his incomprehensible holiness and majesty. But if your view of Jesus is not in his core, in his heart, in the depths of who he is, if your view of him is not that he is gentle and humble, then you have the wrong guy. And the view and the Jesus that you have built or have been presented with does not fit within the parameters of how he has defined himself in the scriptures. We see this time and time again, that he is kind, loving, sensitive, empathetic, and the reason he can care for the weary and the burden is because he himself is gentle and humble. The leper cries out to him in the street and says, if you're willing, heal me. And he says, I am willing, be healed. That word will comes from this innermost desire in the natural, in the, in the Greek language. The only time we see him crying in the text is in response to the pain and tears of somebody else. We see him moved by compassion to act for multitudes of people. And this is the God that invites us in and says, come to me and come under me. In that, we find rest for our soul. Seeing fallenness and brokenness around him, his instinct is always to, more, to move towards it. And so when we come to Christ, when we come under Christ, we can proceed with Christ. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, for me, I read this, right, church, and I thought this felt, felt like a little bit of a contradiction of terms. Because so many times in the Bible, it talks about how hard the Christian life is, right? And it is true. I mean, it is toil and it is difficult and there is suffering and challenges and trials and tribulations and all of this kind of stuff. And that is absolutely true of our faith. So I was thinking, how could this yoke, he's saying, deny yourself and pick up your cross over here. And then over here, he's saying, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How could, that, how could that be? We can see that he's comparing himself again to the religious leaders of the day. In Matthew 23, 4, we get a really good clue about this. He says, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. See, the thing about our God is, yes, he places demands and burdens on us, but he is not like the people that we see in this story who places them on us and then doesn't lift a finger to help. He is there actively working with us on the ground, powerfully, amazingly moving in our life with us. Jesus' yoke is not lighter because he demands less, but it is because he bears more of the load. He's saying it's going to be a light yoke because you're going to be able to depend on me. I'm going to work with you. 1 John 5, 3 says, in fact, this is the love, love for God to keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. All of our Christian labor comes from our relationship with him who is alive with us, present with us. And even when he calls us to carry a weight, he sustains us in all of our comings and goings. Every step, every breath, every task, your Savior, the wonderful, gentle Messiah is there with you every single day. Jesus' yoke is more than a way of life or thinking. It's a relationship. It's a following, a commitment. 
It is a choosing to walk the walk of Christ, to approach life in this way and in that way, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ, as Paul writes to the church in Ephesians. Therefore, this rest is not a sense of peace and tranquility in the chaos of life. It is rooted in the person and work of Jesus, who is present and always, always working through us and on our behalf. And yes, absolutely, following Jesus does present challenges. But when we have someone as powerful as our God, it's not hard. And when I say it's not hard, walking life without him, that's hard. Walking through this life with no hope, without a relationship with him, being stuck in our sin and being stuck without God, man, that's hard. How many of us who have come to know Jesus would know that walking without him was hard? But walking with him through all the challenges and trials, man, that's a delight. That's an honor. It's a pleasure. It's a thrill to know and walk with our Savior every day. He offers us the sweetest of invitations. And can I have the band up? The sweetest of invitations to walk through our life with a soul restfulness based on who he is, based on his presence and power working with us. I can imagine Jesus sitting there with his disciples and we have it in text, but could you imagine them being in the room and he's looking them in the eyes saying, you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. And just as he did with those disciples, he looks at us in the same way. He says, you who are tired, you who are weary, you who feel like you've got the pressures and the worries of the world stacked on your shoulders, come to me. Come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you a way to live that is better than anything else you can find anywhere. And through the trials and storms and challenges of life, I will be there to sustain you, to uphold you, and to keep you moving forward all the days of your life. Is that not the most incredible promise in the Word of God? So church, could you be upstanding with me as we close our service today? like to pray for a couple of people, well, a couple of categories of people. Firstly, if you were coming into this place today and life is just crazy, I mean, helter, skelter, flat out, and you're coming in here with a weary soul, I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand, I'm not going to ask you to come out the front, but I would love to pray for you. And secondly, if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, and you've never walked a day with Him, you haven't accepted Him as Lord and Saviour of your life, I would love to give you that opportunity in a second. But could we have all our eyes uh, bowed down and, and closed? Father, we thank You today for every single person who's gathered here. Father, we pray right now for everybody who is weary and heavy laden. We thank You, God, that You are the restorer of our souls. We thank You that we can come to You and find our rest. That we don't have to look to the left or to the right or to achievement, to ambition, to accomplishments, to other people, to anything else 
other than you. And Father, we pray right now for every single heart, every single soul that is gathered here today that are weary and heavy laden. Holy Spirit, would you minister right now? We just pray that you would fall afresh on them, that they would be restored and healed and set free in the name of Jesus. That, Father, the the cares and concerns of this world would bow to the name of Christ and that we would walk out of here victorious. Father, invigorated, refreshed because of what you and you alone can provide. We thank you, Lord, that you're at work in our church. We thank you, God, that you give us the rest that we so earnestly seek. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to minister, continue to build us up, continue to restore us and keep us moving forward in your name. We thank you that you've given us a burden that is manageable. We thank you that it is light because you are gentle and humble. And we thank you that you're working in our life, through our life, in all things, in Jesus' name. And if you're in this place today and you want to say, yes, I want to follow Jesus, that rest that you are talking about, that soul rest that I've been searching for, I want to tell you, it is available in the person and work of Jesus Christ. It is available for you today and all you have to do is say yes. No hoop to jump through, nothing to buy, nothing to spend. It is available for you to come up and accept right now in Jesus' name. I think that's a pretty good offer. So what I'm going to do is make that offer to you right now. And I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand or anything. If it is you, however, we would love to come and pray with you. Come and talk to us after the service. So if that's you, I would love to pray for you right now. Father, we thank you for those who have decided in their heart that they want to follow you. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of our salvation. We thank you for the most wonderful promise of all, and that is eternal life in you. We thank you, Father, for every single person who has accepted you as Lord and Saviour of their life. And we just pray that you would continue to build them, encourage them, and strengthen them in the days ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. If that is you, we would love to meet you and get to know you after the service. We'll be up here. We'll also have some of our elders and pastoral team up the front. If you want prayer for anything, maybe you're feeling restless, you're feeling weary, maybe you just want prayer for something completely different, we would love to stand with you, pray with you, and believe with you for God to do amazing things in your life. Amen. Well, before we go, Pastor Nicholas, I think we leave on a note of praise. What do you think? I think it's been a good service. All right, thank you, sir. We're going to leave on a note of praise then. Church, thank you very much for being here. Team, lead us out, and then you have a great week, and we'll see you next time.